it's Bayo J and you're tuned into The Motion, where we get conversation moving in the best way possible. From music to culture to politics to fashion, this podcast is due to get your emotions in motion. Usually I'd be joined with two guests and essentially they'd sort of like to get my vote. But with emotion like this, I just couldn't resist. I could not be neutral. And I decided to jump on the other side of the mic. And we will be debating... Out of these two Spider-Men, Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire, who was the best? You know, you might be thinking, what about Andrew Garfield? From my little Instagram poll, no one was really checking for him. We appreciate all the work you have done, but we just don't really think it's worth including that angle into this debate. It's me, Faye OJ, who will be on the side of Tobey Maguire, and with me is Toluwa. Hello. Uni grad, 21, self-described comic book Casanova, also studying at law at the moment. But she has said she hasn't missed a Marvel film since 2012. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't even know if that gap is good in enough. In the cinema, not like in general. I've seen okay, everything. I've there been we go. there first there we week go. since first week. the first Avengers film. So I just want to say, if you haven't watched any Spider-Men then there might be some spoilers in this, as expected. <laughs> if you want to tune out now or go watch them and then come back, feel free to do that. But yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> now, myself and Tolua will just give a rough summary of what we think. It's time for the opening statements. just like to start by saying I'm not here to slander Toby Maguire. I grew up on those three films. I love him. He's great. However, this is an objective debate and Tom Holland is objectively the best of the three, of the two, of however many Spider-Men you want to count. He is the best of them all. He evokes that 15-year-old Peter Parker in a way that 26-year-old Tobey Maguire could never. 19-year-old Tom Holland brings it from Civil War to the first Spider-Man film, to Spider-Man Far From Home, he is consistently what Stanley had in mind when he wrote that character on a page back in the 60s. I'm not really here to slander Tom Holland either. He does a job, but there we go. He does a job that's easy for him to do. He's got the backing of the Avengers, new gadgets and technology that Tobey Maguire was just not given the chance to. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man had it tough. My guy's uncle died. He thought he was responsible for his uncle's death. Didn't find out till like the third film that he wasn't. He had to kill his best friend's father. He also couldn't tell his best friend that he was Spider-Man, but his best friend knew that he knew Spider-Man. To see his woman crush on Wednesday, the love of his life, be with a jerk that was bullying him, and then be with his best friend, and then be with some random army guy. Aside from that, he wasn't even fighting real bad guys. He was fighting bad guys, dealing with their own sort of internal struggle. None of the people he was fighting wanted it to even be bad. And so it might be easier to like Tom Holland, to laugh at his jokes, to, you know, want to be his friend because he's just had it easy. We rarely see him alone. Even when he is alone and Iron Man's gone, rest in peace, he's got happy. Like the guy has a whole village. I don't think it's a fair fight, but you know, that's just the start of my argument. Now that that's done, we're just going to go at it. We're going to start with character development. Come on, release it, release it. I'm perplexed because I feel as though 
my entire argument has just been made for me. You spoke about how he had to have overcome obstacle after obstacle. If anything, that speaks to just truly how convoluted the storylines were in those films. They didn't make any sense. His aunt was about 150 years old. We have Marissa Tomei in the Tom Holland movies playing Aunt May to perfection. She's young. She's hip. She's a true Brooklyn knight. She cares about Peter. You feel that. She's also a character in and of herself. She's not that sweet old lady who bakes him cookies after a long day at school and doesn't know that at night he's swinging from their balcony into the streets of New York. As for the Avengers and him constantly fighting in a group, first of all, I don't see an issue with that. Second of all, he stands out every single time. I will never forget that Civil War trailer when my friend ran down the hall. She screamed. She was like, it's out, it's out. We sit down, we watch it and he swings from whatever, like an airplane hangar, lands on the thing and he says in the sweetest, most accurately 15-year-old voice, hey everyone and we just burst into tears he stole that moment he was in that film for maybe maximum 30 minutes and he ran away with it he was the <laughs> star of the show my guy couldn't even hack his first fight what did iron man say to him at the end of it he said go home kid go to your aunt may you're not ready for this he wasn't ready for the war and it wasn't even a war against actual bad guys it was a war against good guys he wasn't ready for a war against good guys that's the point i cannot stress this enough and if we are looking at what this character is which is a comic book character you want to look at how accurate it is to the initial source material spider-man peter parker has always been a high school student 15 when he starts out who is learning the ropes of being a superhero. He's a superhero because like this great tragedy has befallen him and he's trying to make it work and he he's not entirely sure how to juggle. Being a high schooler, being a superhero, he's not perfect. He's not meant to be perfect. He'd had that suit, I believe, in Civil War for a few months. What do you expect him to do? Go and defeat Baron Zemo by himself? That would be ridiculous. That's why he's so good. You feel the naivete. You feel the newness of this entire world to him. And it makes it so compelling. What is a hero? A suit or the hero itself? You were basically saying that he had to have this time to get used to the suit, right? But how much easier was it for him to do that with that little voice in his ear telling him, oh, you were 92% successful. You've got this coming up to your left. Toby Maguire's Spider-Man, he nearly died so, so many times because he didn't have this army. But he was still able to keep going on his own while saving the city, while juggling two jobs. In the second Spider-Man, he's a pizza man and he's working as a photographer and he's trying to get the science internship. My Why? guy was going through it because he had to. No, he he he's supposed to be in high school. Why does he have four jobs? Character development. You're right. You're absolutely right. We did see character development. We saw character development from ordinary Peter Parker to some freaky emo kid in the third movie. You're absolutely right. Listen, that wasn't right. his fault. Again, that was Venom. Even if it was Venom, again, this it just speaks to the, the absurdity of those films. That is not what Venom does. The symbiote doesn't take over your body and make you an emo and make you cut your fringe in a way that no person's hair should be in the mid-2000s. It's awful. Like, there's no way to justify the nonsense that befell us <laughs> in that trilogy. We're discussing the stories at length. The first one was 2002. Okay. I think the second one was 2004. And I think the third one was potentially 2008. What a gap. So that is the span of six years. I get what you're saying about Spider-Man's all about a kid. 
I say the first Spider-Man gave us a fair bit of him as a kid graduating high school. We do get to see that friendly element. The scene of him in the boxing ring, the yeah. guy looks pathetic. He looks like a kid. So it's cool. We get it. What's the point of seeing three movies, four movies even, and you're still the same kid? If we're going to tell a realistic story and we want to know the person behind the hero, I bring in the idea of the Byronic hero, the hero that's not perfect, the hero that's been through it, but is still a hero through it all. I think that's such a more powerful hero than 2017, 2018, 2019. You're everywhere. It's hard not to like you. You're everywhere. You don't get to go away and think, okay, what's happened? There's been no growth. They're all still kids. But he's not. Grow Did up. you see Spider? He up. has grown up. Have you seen Spider Man Far From Home? Part of his journey in that movie is growing into this bigger part of himself, having to take over or feeling pressure to take over the the mantle of of Iron Man, take over the responsibility that Tony Stark left behind. If that's not growth for a boy who a couple of years prior was wearing a suit that he tailored in his own bedroom i don't know what more you're looking for but I, I just feel like the growth always comes to tom holland spider-man he wasn't even ready he didn't even think he, he was ready himself he yeah, nearly that's flopped part of the growth he's not quick to take responsibility where he doesn't believe it's deserved he went through a process he wasn't convinced that he was at a point in his life where being in the avengers being sort of a leading man in that respect was for him and that's all that entire movie culminates in him realizing actually you know what there's a reason tony left me his glasses there's a reason he wanted me to do this perhaps i am ready and the best thing about tom holland spider-man is there's so much room to grow because he has however many movies left in which we're gonna see him take steps even further towards being this big you know iconic superhero there's so Hopefully. much there is so much Hopefully. left for him to do guaranteed to the point where Disney <laughs> paid extra money to make sure so he much for him to do and we haven't seen in four movies yet two but, movies of his own now that, like that's well, not relevant well oh but it is oh but it is but, but it is it's funny that you should mention responsibility because one of the key phrases from spider-man is with great power comes great responsibility cute yeah. right this is what uncle ben said to peter parker pretty much before he died and i just think it's funny that tom holland mm. he had to wait till what four years for that that finding the balance of power responsibility is all about what a hero is about that's all about the journey of being a superhero and as i say the journey of being a superhero now if it took you four years to just get to the start of that journey you don't have to wait four years i'm quoting here but from civil war in recognition of the fact that we did not need to hear it for the 50 honestly it feels like the 6,000th time that with great power comes great responsibility peter parker says when you can do the things that i can but you don't and then the bad things happen they happen because of you it's a paraphrase of the same sort of sentiment that he recognizes that he he has these powers and if he doesn't use them people are going to get hurt and that will be on him so he's got to go out and do things whether or not he wants to do them and that is the essence of being a superhero mate <laughs> i think if anything the one thing you cannot say about those films particularly the last one is that the storytelling was good it was bad it was confusing it was a mess it was trying to be intricate and in doing so was just so vague it didn't get it right you can have a complex story and have it knit together well that's the entire mcu that's what it is one 
sort of overarching complex story knitted together seamlessly. These films just didn't do that, unfortunately. I don't know if the stories were that confusing. I think the reason you might think they're confusing is because take away all of the superhero stuff, right? You have themes that were very common in stories around this time. Typical rom-coms around this time, typical dramas around this time. And knitted within that is a superhero film. But I don't think superhero films are just supposed to be superhero films. The reason why they're called superhero films is because in terms of just a regular film about a hero, so that's being Peter Parker, you're adding the super element to that hero, giving them two dimensions. You see the man and that's where we relate and you see the superhero. It's not supposed to be straightforward. I feel like we don't even get to see Peter Parker be Peter Parker that much no, in Tom Holland. I'm so glad you brought this up. I'm so, so thankful. <laughs> I, I really appreciate you for it because I think if 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 Tom Holland, Holland does anything perfectly and he does a lot very very well it is playing peter parker and playing spider-man as two semi-distinct characters exceptionally well exactly as you said nerdy peter parker struggling to talk to girls has him and his nerdy friend ned are sitting in the basement they're playing video games they're deeply uncomfortable on the other hand you have Tom Holland also playing Spider-Man, this quippy, confident dude. He knows no one knows who he is and he can be someone slightly different in the mask. He's supposed to be fun. He's supposed to be exciting. He's supposed to be charismatic and Tom Holland smashes that. That is what Tobey Maguire gets the most wrong of all the things he does wrong. It's that he puts on that suit and I feel as though I'm still watching Peter Parker. You said... He knows no one knows who he is. He couldn't even keep it from his best friend. He couldn't keep it from MJ. I think unimportant. It's unimportant. Unimportant. in the world. The whole point of, again, Spider-Man is being able to keep the two things separate. As a superhero, you're not supposed to reveal who you are. If to a the regular whole hum- world. No, but if the a, only issue is the whole world. If a human can figure it out, out you're not doing it good enough that's all i'm gonna say superman right? was fine with his glasses and if you want to talk about we see a nerd in toby Maguire spider-man that upside down kiss was not nerdy <laughs> that upside down kiss was a picturesque moment that has gone down <laughs> in history when a lot of people think about spider-man they think about that upside down kiss if you want to tell me toby Maguire. Toby Maguire as Peter Parker, who can't even keep a job as a pizza delivery man, yes. to deliver the, the upside down sensuality kiss, of that. That you're a liar. I, I would a, just a, a liar. <laughs> you know what? A I, bold faced liar. I really respect that. But I would like us to rewind to that scene and remember who instigated the steamy kiss. It was not Spider Man because Spider Man, as Toby Maguire plays him, doesn't have the confidence. He doesn't have the goal. Quite frankly, he would not have the audacity to kiss anyone, let alone kiss them upside down. Can you imagine? We've spoken quite a bit about, you know, story development, character development. I say we we move on. Who do you think would win in a fight? Let's say a physical fight. Okay. So let's say without, you know, Taser Web, which he can do and all these funky gadgets. Yeah. Let's say fist on fist fight. Who do you think would win? Tom Holland, he's so flexible. He's young. He is 15. He kept together two halves of like a ferry in the first film. He climbs the Washington yeah. Monument. You know, he's he's a nimble fellow. 
I think I think you'd be all right. You keep stressing this 15. I don't know if I know the wrong type of 15 year olds. 15 year olds are very, very small. They might be flexible. I could be flexible. I could be flexible as an eight year old gymnast. Flexibility <laughs> is not going to win in a fist on fist fight. What do you think Toby Maguire's Peter Parker is bringing to the table in terms of physical fitness? I'm just looking at him physically. I'm trying to take out the fact that he was a grown ass man. He is a small, slightly podgy boy. He is not small he, and he is, he is not quite small. He is not small and he is not potty. And if you want to talk about the ferry, right? Let's talk about the trail. Oh yeah. You remember the trail? Yeah, we love the train. The, the trail? You were dying when you were that, younger, you saw that, that train. train was it's cool. a sensational. A whole train. But um think of the size of a train relative to the size of a yacht of a ferry that travels from one side of New York to the other. <laughs> All I'm thinking of is the amount of bruises that Oh, okay. Toby Maguire. So the makeup to... department did a really good job. Oh, no, but it shows that you've been in a fight. It's a bit like, and I'm going to jump a bit to um, Transformers. <laughs> I was absolutely furious comparison. when Rosie Huntington White's. Lee. White Lee. <laughs> well, here we go. Rosie Huntington White Lee's suit stayed white during the whole film. Have you been through it? Have you even thought? If you look exactly the same, I can't take you seriously. It stresses to me that it's not really you that's fighting. Right. It's this suit. The webs don't even come from your body anymore. They're not supposed to uh, in the comic. That is part of the issue I have with Toby Maguire. I don't know where these biological webs came from, but those are not comic accurate but anyway if you want to see bruises you want to see cuts just cut to the scene right at the end with michael keaton and tom holland and coney island where tom holland looks beaten down after he's sort of lifted himself out of the rubble you feel in physical pain on his behalf i remember it vividly and i was like you poor boy get up get up the cinema was chanting they were like you could do it get up get up get up grown people were vying he needs for him that support to win. He needs that support because he doesn't have it on his own. You know what? I think what this comes down to is: Do you want Spider-Man to be like all the other superheroes who are grown men and women who have lived lives, or do you want him to be this standout? young boy who's battling amongst giants and has a character all his own i much prefer the latter that's what makes him unique is you feel like you can see yourself in him because he feels so close to you because he is a normal person and that is what makes that him is exactly so what we see in relatable relatable i'm just going to quote nick fury oh, in spider-man Far from home, when he's trying to stress how normal he is and how he's just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. What does Nick Fury say? You've been to space, boy. You're no longer normal. You fought Thanos. You cannot say how normal you are and you only get to choose when you play with the big boys. You get to choose when you want to go on a school trip with your friends. The guy's not ready. He doesn't know who he is. And don't tell me that's all part of the story because I want to see some movement. Honestly, if you want to talk about a hardship, how about the girl, your teenage crush is dad being a murderer Listen, whom you must then put you know in jail I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up the because that girl could not be any more irrelevant are you joking he's taking this girl to prom the dad is gradually realizing as his daughter accidentally rats peter parker out that this is the same boy that he's been fighting for the last few days and then the man pulls a gun out on him and threatens him i'm sorry if you were 15 and the guy you were seeing's dad was was i don't know like a criminal mastermind and pulled a knife on you would you or would you not be stressed is that or is that not enough 
of a burden to bear for a child. I think so. Knives I don't know what you want from him. on anything for Compared superheroes. to... What was Toby vying against? Like science. Umbrella, apparently granny umbrellas. Fighting against okay, science. <laughs> What's he now? Science. Science. Science, science so and scary. also evil spirits. Let's actually get into these villains. Green Goblin was literally locked in his house, not wanting to do this. And this strength of an evil spirit, getting him to look in the mirror, talking like that was one of our first introductions to the dangers of mental health. Oh, come, and guys, come off it. Come off it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I will not stand for an argument that reports that Spider-Man 1 was our first intro into mental health issues on screen. Okay, that is give me another one. ludicrous. Please give me another oh, one. Oh, like any independent film and someone will have a mental health problem but that they're working through. But were you watching those through. at 11? Yeah. Well, fair I'm enough. A, I'm, a, I'm a cinema buff. And tell me that an 11-year-old or a 6-year-old or however old you were when that film came out looked at that and they went, oh, wow, this is a really profound, deep dive into the struggles that one might face as an adult in a world that puts pressure on you and perhaps leads you to develop a series of mental health issues. No, you were like, what is going on? Why does he have a green surfboard? Cute. The surfboard line was cute. Listen, no, you don't get into that level, but you do realise things are not as simple as they seem. That is very important. Things aren't black and white. It's not bad, good. Very important lesson to learn from young. Things aren't black and white. Things aren't bad and good. I feel like the vulture is a testament to that fact. He is a bad guy on paper, but he's just trying to make ends meet for his family at the end of the movie when he's in jail and he's asked if he wants to go after peter parker he pretends he doesn't know who that is because he doesn't want this child to be hurt the man is nuanced the man is doing bad things for what he believes is a subjectively good purpose and is then cognizant enough not to know not to throw a child under the bus when that child had moments ago thrown him in prison that my friend is nuance Back to this inner spirit. I'm just going to stress that the evil was just deeper. And the fact that we saw it twice, we could kind of see the dangers of ambition. And yes, the vulture does show that as well. I will give you that. But we can see like what it can actually do. The dangers of the mind, the internal mind. Every single one of those villains, their stories were complex. Even the sad man, how he like, you know, just sort of vanishes in the end. Being a hero is complex and yes of course we do see that it's the same themes in these films so it's not just going to completely disappear but in terms of which was a lot more effective green goblin's last words being don't tell harry you just really see how closely connected these stories are and how closely connected good is with bad in our minds sometimes it's an incest and mess yeah they're all way too close to yeah, the point that it's bizarre are you kidding me sandman killed his uncle like that is Again, it speaks to the convolutedness, I'm not sure that's a word, but I'm keeping it, of the storylines in that series. You know what, you call it convoluted, I call it connected, and I think oh, a lot of times in life, and if we want to talk about actually putting these things in the context of, of life, context of being relatable, sometimes, sometimes it's the people nearest sometimes. to you that are the worst people. Yes, sometimes. And that's the real lesson you need to learn. Sometimes and a man you met on the street made of sand kills your uncle, and it's tough. It's really, really tough. Placing the supernatural into the context of the reality. 
You want to talk about this vulture? On his own, he's just a regular guy. Like, yeah, you are. You're talking about interconnectedness. What is more connected than your your girlfriend's dad being a, a ground level villain? It feels real. It feels like a man who legitimately got tech off this black site and decided to use it to to make money for himself and to better the life of his family. That feels so real to me, and I can't conceive of how th that comparison would fall flat. A villain who's got his villainry off the dark web. I mean, it's a bit like ugh, Syndrome. You're not really a villain. The Incredibles. In the Incredibles, You're yeah. not really a villain. You're trying to be, you were hurt when you were young. You're trying to be a villain. But when you don't actually have those supernatural powers, of course you're easier to defeat because you're just a human being. No, but it's Norman Osborn Osborne is at the end of the day just a human being who is incredibly good at tech and made himself a hoverboard. Dr. Octopus, again, a human being who's incredibly good at tech and accidentally fused himself but to that tech. Sandman, though. a human being who accidentally fell into like chemi like chemical sand. I don't, that but, one is Okay, bizarre. but then Spider-Man, a human being who accidentally got bitten exactly. by a spider. But what I'm trying to say is it's such different to where the accident actually happens inside of you to where you order the accident. It's a different dimension of storytelling. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> profound it is it's not do you have anything specifically to say about the villains i just think they did a really good job with michael keaton it was a nice sort of surface level uh villain i think relative to the rest of the M mcu where we get a lot of we've had especially at that time a lot of supernatural peeps come from the sky and wreak havoc and we were in the midst of like thanos it was nice to see a villain that felt real like a person who if we had this technology in the real world would actually steal it and would actually commit the crimes that he was committing as for jake gyllenhaal as mysterio i just love mysterio i love a bit of magic i also love crazy jake gyllenhaal that was just a character the type of character we haven't seen it was just so bizarre i like i'm to this day i'm not entirely sure what i was watching that wasn't too confusing for you no it wasn't confusing. it was bizarre mm. in a way <laughs> That was easy to follow, but still sub a subversion enough that your your interest is piqued, but you're not interested to the point where you're trying to follow a million things. It was it was it was a very good choice, and it was nice that it was abroad. We got to follow them through Europe. All your stuff happened in New York, and it was dead boring. We went to Washington. We went to Italy. I think we went to Prague. Like, come on, we're, we're world travelers on this end. Thank you, and that's that on that. Now it is time for us to sort of just summarize and there won't be a decision this time. It will be on you, the closing statements. I'm gonna give Tom Holland his props. The reason I think Tom Holland, you know, might be able to stand some weight is because you sort of hinted to it with your location listing. Well, you didn't mention space. I just think that's pretty incredible. I think going to space, the whole blip thing, I think that's where, you know, we. Yeah, you, you forgot about <laughs> that film. But hey, I think that goes to show a lot that you forgot to mention that because in his coolest moments, he wasn't alone. He's had this team of the Avengers. He's had this person in his ear that can basically do anything, that can parachute him from space, that can make the web electrical. He just has so much help. And it's so hard for me to see this friendly neighborhood Spider-Man as he tries so hard to be and tries so hard to shirk all this responsibility when it comes and when it suits him. As Nick Fury reminds us in Spider-Man Far From Home, you've been to Space Boy. You're no longer a little boy. You can't 
pick and choose. You can't shirk the responsibility that Uncle Ben set up for us in the first movie. Say what you want about Tobey Maguire, but he pioneered this whole thing. Spider-Man Far From Home. He allowed there to be room for Andrew Garfield to come and try and do something. Room for Into the Spider-Verse. Good thing we didn't include that into this fight because it would have won. He created lanes for a variety of storytelling. And Tom Holland's story, I like it. I love it. But I think credit needs to be given to where credit is due. And I feel like, you know... It isn't about who did it first, it's about who did it right. But when there's someone who did it first and who did it right and allowed there to be, you know, other rights to be made, that's it really. The fact that Tom Holland's Spider-Man operates in an environment where there are other people around him, other super-powered individuals, doesn't take away from him as a character, the work that he does, how compelling, as I keep referring to him, he is. The fact that he's able to play well with others, as is a, as a phrase famous in the MCU, and also s carry films by himself speaks to how good he is, right? At the end of the day, comic books are about having that special issue where everyone gets together and you want your characters to be able to have their own issue and then also have a nice little rendezvous with the Avengers or, you know, the Fantastic Four, whatever it might be. You believe him as a high schooler. You believe every jump. You believe every flip because he's trained to do the jumps and to do the flips. He's not a 26-year-old man who at this point I genuinely believe was a father. You're watching a man go, or a boy, go against villains that are compelling they're evocative he's making all this equipment by himself he's like in his he's in his room making his web shooters before he gets his like you know fun funky tony stark-esque suits he's got the most comic back comic book accurate suit around like steve ditko is smiling from above i don't even know where to begin where to end he's just so good at what he's doing toby Maguire. there were very few merits to his performance yes he was the first one to do it and we're proud of him and i'm thankful for him but that doesn't mean that he's the best the first film ever to be created i believe was just you know people kissing in in moving picture that's not the best film ever so why would this those spider-men be the best spider-men when tom holland is here and that is all i have to say on the matter Right, so bonus episode and all, leap here and all. Clearly the format was not what you're used to. If you have been listening to the past episodes and if you haven't, this isn't what we usually do. But it was fun. Tell you put up a great fight. Thank you. A sensational fight. It is the end of the episode. The motion is closed. Join us next week where we'll be back to our usual format. Follow us on Instagram at the motion underscore and let us know what you think, who won this debate. That is all. Goodbye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.